1: Hey, I'm Rob Prince, host of Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, coming at you from the golden heart of Alaska, Fairbanks, and this is OPP.
0: Pa bless everybody and welcome back to another episode of OPP. Other People's Podcasts, America's number one podcast discovery platform, the highlights of your favorite podcasters, and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Robert Prince, host of the amazing podcast, Dark Winter Night, True Stories from Alaska. On this amazing show, Robert uncovers true Alaskan stories told by the Alaskans who experienced them this episode, Rob chats about what life is like in Alaska, we get his podcasters' picks, and of course, we get into his dope show, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. So, without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Robert Prince. There we go, my man. Yo, Rob, what up, dog? How's everything going, bro?
1: It is going really good. Yeah, we... Um... With the sun starting to come back up here, it gets pretty dark, you know, in the around the Christmas time. That's uh, you know, the winter solstice. So the sun's coming back. We've had a pretty warm winter and everything's uh coming up daisies right now. Yeah. For me. Yes. How are you doing? So
0: I mean for, man, I, I can't complain, man. You know, all things considered what's going on in the world right now. Like we here, yeah. we live in. I'm yep. talking to Rob Prince right now. Like <laughs> you know life is yeah. good big dog awesome so one thing i want to touch on that you just brought up was the fact that you're from michigan
1: mm-hmm. and now
0: you're living in alaska so you definitely got a thing for for climates <laughs> <laughs> for,
1: i love climates definitely <laughs> you love climates rob i like uh, snow how, let's just say that i like snow
0: you like snow i mean that's for sure so how yeah. did you end up making a move from michigan to alaska
1: I, uh, I finished uh, a master's degree at Michigan State University and wanted to teach, and I had a daughter who was one year old, and, you know, we thought, hey, if we're going to do something wild, it was basically between Alaska and Ohio. Those are my two best job leads. And so we thought, you know, she's one year old, she's, you know, she's too young to be mad at us for doing this, and taking her so far away from family. So we thought, we'll just have a little adventure, come up here for about five years, and then go on do something else and what we didn't realize is that like 90% of the people here all had that same plan and then it gets its claws into you up here and you can't leave and you try to leave there's we have a term called Fairbanks yo-yos people who left and then came back because they missed it too bad we that happened to us too we had to go back to Michigan for a family emergency and I was I mean I love Michigan but I was not like happy with the situation there and came back and so uh, we've been here basically, I've been here basically uh, 15 years now. So, wow. yeah, watch out. It gets its claws into you. All
0: right, so hold on now. Tell me, Uh, being that you're from the mainland, you're from the American heartland of yeah, Michigan.
1: Lower 48. What's like,
0: what's, like, the biggest difference in the culture on the mainland of America versus in Alaska?
1: One of the things I like about it up here is that people are not into, like, showing off. I remember having dinner with my family uh, and um, and seeing a, a guy at a table a couple um, tables away who I had just met because he was doing some big grant for the journalism department where I work. So I knew the dude was a multimillionaire, and he just looked like everybody else, you know. And so what I, what I uh, I what I like is like we're not here trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're not here trying to show off how awesome we are. Everybody's just kind of on the same plane. So that's one thing I like about it. I also like that, um, nature makes you work a little bit harder up here. I feel like it kind of reminds you that, um, nature is not to be messed with and it will kill you if you're not careful. And it's almost, I, I kind of enjoy the challenge a little bit more. I feel like in the lower 48, everything's you know, pretty well been tamed, you know, um, and so life can get a little bit easy, and you start worrying about things like, am I happy, and did I have a good childhood, and up here, you're just like, I don't, I'm don't. i going to try not to die on the way to work today, <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> it's 60 below, and if I don't have a sleeping bag in my car or something, and I go off the road, and nobody sees, like, I will die, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's that kind of added challenge, and I think that also gives a good sense of unity. We kind of feel like we're, we're in it together because we're almost on an island up here. We're so far away. You know, Anchorage is like a seven-hour drive, and that's the, the next biggest city. So there's a, definitely a kind of group mentality of uh, we're in this together. And uh, yeah, so I kind of like, like the priorities of people up
0: here. You know, we're living, obviously, interesting times with, you know, with COVID and everything. Like, what's the reaction been with COVID, like, up there and and how folks are dealing with it?
1: I feel in some ways it's fairly similar to the lower 48 in terms of we got people who take it seriously and wear masks and we have people who don't. If anybody listening ever watched uh, Northern Exposure, it's a pretty good... Um, profile of Alaska in terms of we have you know really conservative people military we got a lot of military stuff up here we also got some sort of crazy liberals up here too so we got we got a pretty good group who all seem to be getting along okay and so generally speaking um, there's been a fair amount of controversy about things our governors wanted to do but one thing that he's done pretty well is trying to shut things down and schools have been remained closed and so we're, we're doing pretty well, and we are somewhat uh, – we benefit from our isolation. So you're going to have to drive through Canada if you want to get here, and there are not a lot of people – <laughs> Canada was, like, really not excited about allowing Americans through Canada during all of this, and otherwise you're going to have to fly. So we have better control over who comes and goes. Um, but, you know, we've still been hit. And uh, I I know people who have gotten sick. I don't know anyone up here who has died, but I know I have one friend in the Lower 48 who's died from it. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm just hunkering down. It's been a great excuse to not do things with people, honestly.
0: Exactly. It's like I like (laughs) your ass. No way.
1: Sorry, can't have coffee with you. Scared of the COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you know, for me, uh, I'm I'm from the Lower 48, and so kind of like my I've never been to Alaska, so. I'm sure a lot of Americans on the on the in the 48 have kind of maybe the same views of Alaska like I do like I think damn it's it's cold mm-hmm. uh, secondly I think of Sarah Palin yep uh, good like she comes to mind yeah and maybe like polar like bears or yeah. <laughs> something, something like that that, yeah. that comes to mind but what are some other mis- what are some misconceptions that people have about Alaska being that you're from the lower 48 mm-hmm. and I've lived there for over 15 years
1: yeah well and let me first off say you know thanks for bringing that up because that's why I started the the podcast was so that we could share the real Alaska with the lower 48 what it's really like now we are sharing kind of the more dramatic stuff about the you know getting chased by bears and near-death experiences but we also almost all of us have (laughs) whether we not wanted to or not have had some pretty insane near-death experiences up here so I think some of the uh misconceptions probably that we're less modernized than people might think you know we we have the internet um we have like a movie theater and uh it also kind of depends too on what you know alaska one thing i think people don't understand because alaska always gets jammed down to the bottom corner of the pacific on maps and makes it look like about the size of I don't know, maybe Colorado or something. Alaska's like as big as like at least half the United States. It's, it's huge. It's so the largest one, state. Oh, it's if you cut it in half, Texas would be the third largest state. <laughs> wow. You know, no, that's I did how not big know that. we are. Yeah, so we love to rub that in with Texas because uh, we're more than double the size of Texas. So you got to think huge. You got to think pretty spread out. Anchorage is very much... Uh, I would say, like a lower 48 city. And then Fairbanks is kind of this like, you know, um, <laughs> cousin of Anchorage that they, they sort of see, it, uh, see us as like a developing nation or something like that. So <laughs> we're relatively small. I, I, I believe we have about 80,000 people if you count the whole area. But we got, we got the box stores. We got a fair amount of fast food but it is a little bit weird. We don't have a, we don't have a Burger King. So if you want Burger King, you actually have to go on to the military base where there's a Burger King, which I've done a couple times. So <laughs> it's just kind of weird. Um, some of those elements to it, but um, yeah, there's no, there's no igloos. It doesn't get cold anymore. It used to, but we are really seeing things change up here fast. I mean it, it got to 60 below one time, um, maybe 10 years ago in January. And, and we've since then, you know, so that was like the low point that, that I'd ever heard of up here. Um, and then, you know, like a couple winters ago, we'd get rain in like January. So it's not, it's not as cold as it used to be, and the summer is amazing because it is basically sun all the time at about 65. So I came up here, too, to get away from the Michigan summers. They are just brutal. So we have a nice, yeah. mild summer.
0: Yeah, can, can we touch on that for a second? Because we're kind of dressed the exact same. Like, like yeah, I, I for for you For you being in Alaska <laughs> or you being in L.A., yeah, right. we're kind of dressed very similarly. But can we touch on on climate a little bit? Like, how was everyone reacting to that climate change that's taking place there?
1: You know, it's unfortunate because a a lot of us are are deeply concerned about it. But at the same time, you're kind of like, I hate to complain because it's getting (laughs) – it's so nice. Like, I do not mind the fact that – I mean, it's 8 above here right now, which is starting to feel, like, a little bit cold. But I went for a walk today, Um, no problem. So I think there's, there's a lot of concern because we're trying to figure out how this will affect wildlife, which is a big deal up here. So you've got caribou, caribou migrating and forest fires. And, and some of the stuff that's really fascinating is that, the, you know, our um, glaciers are melting. And what's amazing to me is, th- so they're melting, putting all this, you know, fresh water into the ocean, but they're actually raising Alaska's sea uh, elevation. So basically, I'm sorry to say, but we're like flooding you all out down there as we're kind of going up because th- actually the, the glaciers are pushing down on Alaska. So as they melt, it's, I guess, kind of spongy and we, we rise up. So, you know, and that's an element. We also are um, on the front lines of um, climate change because we have native villages along the coast who are literally washing into the ocean. And so we've had a, a fair amount of, you know, National Geographic and other type shows coming up here to document the fact that you know we've we've got communities that are washing into the sea as a result of this. And then the last thing that gets a little bit complicated too is that the um, uh, the Bering Sea and 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 the uh, um, you know. Um, North Pole region aren't freezing anymore so there's some concern about more ocean traffic coming through there and so yeah we're um, we're certainly very dependent in native communities too are very dependent on wildlife and the environment behaving a certain way and so it's it really has some serious impacts serious scary impacts you can come up here and, and see they have markers at some of the glaciers where you can see where they were in the 1960s, where they were in the 70s, where they were in the 80s, and literally walk the length of the um, degradation of these glaciers. And it, it's, um, it, it, it sends a pretty clear message that things are changing
0: fast. Wow. Um, before we get into your show, <clears throat> I want to talk about some fun stuff. Cool. So <laughs> yeah, because the show is boring <laughs> as hell.
1: <laughs> no, you know, no, because
0: you, know, you, know, you know what? Yo, climate change is very serious. I take it very seriously. Yeah, let's talk about something you know fun. Saying? Yeah, climate change but, is but, a bummer. Well, before we get into the show, though, like uh-huh. for people who have never been to Alaska like myself who mm-hmm. want to experience it, like what are some of the things you enjoy that you feel like a first-time visitor should go check out when they come to your state?
1: Yeah, so a kind of typical pattern, depending on what you want to do, but some people generally fly into Anchorage and then hang around there for a while. You might go down the Kenai Peninsula to like Seward and stuff, really beautiful sort of archipelago of little islands and gorgeous and sea eagles and, and wildlife. And then they'll sometimes like take the train or they'll drive up here to Fairbanks, and that'll take you by Denali, which is the tallest mountain in North America. And you can go in there and, and check that out and then come up to Fairbanks, see what we got going on here and, and fly on out. And, you know, that's a, that's a pretty decent week plan. If, um, week long plan, I mean, my favorite places in, in Alaska though, uh, one of them is Valdez. Alaskans love, especially people in Fairbanks love Valdez. Valdez is gorgeous and, um, it's kind of almost like a, it. Like a they got waterfalls all over the place and awesome sightseeing tours you can do and see uh, glaciers calving and whales and all that sort of stuff. So uh, Valdez is awesome. The problem is it's a little bit out of the way. You can drive there from Anchorage, but there's no like real good airport you could fly into directly. So if somebody was coming up and I'd say you got like a week and you're, you want to fly in, do Anchorage, maybe some of the uh, Kenai Peninsula, come up to Fairbanks, head out. If you've got a little more time or, or want to get a little bit more off the beaten path, go to Valdez, check that out. And then if you just want, you know, adventure and sort of bragging rights, you can go up to um, Utkiavik, which uh, was formerly known as Barrow, the northernmost town in the United States, and see what a village looks like. And they have a, um, you know, a, a airport that service, you know, a, a big... Um, major airlines uh, Alaska Airlines goes up there and so you can get get a peek at village life which is a whole other thing that we have up here that I think people have uh, no idea about that we have a bunch of communities that have no road service they just have a dirt strip and you know they're they're either by the ocean or by a river or something and just whole communities of Alaska Native people out there living their lives in the United States in a way that's just completely foreign to uh, most folks in the lower 48.
0: Well, let me tell you something. One thing I'm not seeking in Alaska is bragging
1: rights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One thing you don't want to do is end up on my show. (laughs) I have plenty of moments where I'm like, please don't let this be a Dark Winter Night story. Because that usually means, like, I, I nearly died or something, you know.
0: Exactly. I, I vacation for a peace of mind.
1: <laughs> All right. Go to Andrews and Tina. Yeah. T- stick to the road
0: system. Well, Rob, we'll take a quick break. When we get back, we're we'll getting to your podcast Dark Winter Nights True Stories from Alaska. And yo, Rob, my man, we are back. Okay, so tell me, how did you first discover the medium of podcasting? I believe that's a great question. I, I
1: believe I came to it through This American Life. I was a fan of the radio show, and I feel like in some ways they were like the first podcast because they felt like the first show that had that kind of podcast format. And so... I used to go through the trouble of like trying to download their episodes from their website and basically like manually do my own podcast type setup. And then, you know, I, I can't, I can't tell you exactly when, uh, when I got started with it, but it was probably with, you know, some sort of I device, and I, I was, I was just blown away. And I don't know if, if you have the same thing too, but often when I see something I just find so amazing and cool. The next thing I think of is like, how can I make something like this? And yep. I, is that sort of where you ran into too? Like you discover podcasts. You're like, these are awesome. I I want
0: to make my own. Absolutely. My dog. So hold on. Uh, give the listeners the elevator pitch of dark nights and what it's all about. All right.
1: Dark winter nights, puts Alaskans on stage to share their true stories from Alaska with the world, if that feels a little rehearsed, because <laughs> that is the elevator pitch. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's about sharing, uh, having, you know, Alaskans share our real life experiences with people with the goal of sharing what, what life really is like in Alaska to a world that seems really interested in it. And we're not, uh, we're not aiming to make up drama uh, that's one of the issues I have with some of the reality TV shows is, is they have to make up a lot of stuff so that it, so that, so that they have convenient drama for their half-hour show. They can't wait for the drama to happen, and you don't need to make stuff up up here. <laughs> <laughs> it drama just will happen to you. <laughs> so eventually, you go outside enough, or even stay home, drama will come to you. I mean, we got one story of a woman who was just hanging out in her house, and a bear truck got stuck in her her front door entry you know
0: yeah i heard that i heard that <laughs> oh you heard that one i was like, like
1: mind your own business
0: yeah it's like look no 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 bragging rights again yep. no bragging rights over here
1: <laughs> so um that's the deal we we want to you know have a uh, 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 share the authentic alaska with the world
0: yeah because so what do you want the listeners like even for me when i when i write a song or or I create a show or anything that I do, there's a message that I'm looking to convey to the audience. Is there an underlying mm-hmm. message that you're looking to convey um, oh, yeah. with dark winter nights?
1: You want like the theme, which I even, I just was teaching my students about themes last week and themes are tough. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, they are. And yeah. Cause they're like, what does this mean in the grand scheme of human existence? And, uh, you know, um, I, I guess I would say, sort of the theme of Alaska is that, generally speaking, is that the that nature is still a formidable opponent up here. That's probably mm-hmm. the main one. Not all of our stories are about near death experiences and encounters with bears and stuff, but that tends to be where a lot of the drama comes from.
0: And Rob, what about for you? You know, what have you learned? from making this show and being the host of this show that you didn't know before? I have learned
1: that if you don't record these stories and share them, they'll just disappear. That was one important thing. We've had a couple people pass away who were on our show and their families ask for, you know, recordings or or talk about what being on the show meant for them because in our, in our normal day lives, we don't, you know, just go and go over to a friend's house and start regaling them with, well, you might with friends' houses, but with strangers and whatnot. Like, if I bump into you a line at the bank, I'm not going to tell you about, the, you know, the time I got bluff-charged by a moose or something. So that was one of the things is the importance of keeping, of, of recording these stories. That in itself, I think, is very important. The other thing that was really shocking to me was how everyday Alaskans, uh, are walking around here with, like, harrowing, unbelievable stories of, of near death, et cetera. So after starting this program, I realized that a guy, a friend of mine at work had almost died in a plane crash, and I had no idea about that, you know, and had to be rescued by helicopter. And um, another friend had almost died trying to whitewater raft. And so that, that was really amazing to me. How so many Alaskans, just everyday, normal-looking Alaskans have these incredible stories. That's been fantastic.
0: Wow. So, Rob, we've come to a point in the show called Our Podcasters Picks.
1: Now, this B-b-b- is what the guests. I expect, like, a little sound. Like, is it like, a bell or something? <laughs> you need some more sound effects.
0: <laughs> you know what? This is, like, this is, like, actually one of the first times that I've, like, actually incorporated video. Like, oh, yeah. Wait, is, is the like, video going to be – you're going to put this out there too? I'm going to put it on my Instagram. Ah. Like, Wow, I didn't realize I'm, I'm,
1: that. Let me pan to the right a little bit so you can see my uh, space suit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> got to get that space suit in, dog.
1: Yeah. I got a tiger here I'll show you too. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm sorry I interrupted the big moment. No,
0: no, no. No, no. It's all good. So, yo, Rob, we've come to a, a point in the show called our Podcasters Picks. Now, this is when I asked the guests of today's show – to provide me with their top three favorite podcasts that they enjoy that we should be listening to. So, Rob, take it away.
1: Yeah, I, as, a, as a fan of your show, I'm familiar with this, and I was a little bit concerned because um, – and I'll, I'll keep this short. So to answer your question, um, Radiolab is a must listen to. Uh, definitely I listen to car talk a lot because in these days, just having a couple of guys laughing is – is kind of what gets me through the day sometimes and that's just a podcast of their Tell old show. Tell me a little show. bit
0: more about about Car Talk.
1: All right, so Car Talk is a if you grew up in Michigan, you know about Car Talk. <laughs> but that's a public radio uh call-in show with uh Tom and Ray, uh Click and Clack, the um Car Talk guys and it's basically these two brothers uh who who talk about car repair and car stuff but they're just so funny it's way more about a couple of brothers making fun of each other and uh that show must have aired from like probably like at least the early 80s until um you know maybe five years ago where uh um tom passed away and so that was show was just on the radio forever and now they're they're basically repackaging the old radio show as a podcast and so um yeah, that's, that's good old um, meat and potatoes NPR from, uh, you know, the 80s and 90s. And it's, uh, for folks who, who grew up in the Midwest, it's a, just kind of like it's a Saturday morning thing. You listen to car talk while you maybe do some chores and stuff. So, yeah, maybe that one's not as popular as, uh, as I thought it was. But um, uh, the third one I would say, because I was trying to find something – that's a little bit more obscure. I'm trying to learn Spanish, so I love the Duolingo podcast. What uh, you know in Spanish, and so that's they've done an incredible job of telling really fascinating stories that involve um, Latin American countries that also allow you to practice your Spanish a little bit and kind of an intermediate level. And they've had some incredible ones. They had a series about this really um, uh, amazing bank robbery that happened, and and how the the robbers sort of outsmarted the police for for years, and um, just a, a lot of. It's a wonderful mix of incredible story with learning a language. So if anybody out there's wanting to learn a language, you've got to check out Duolingo to both learn the language, but also their podcast is a great stories and great way to practice your Spanish. Um, but honestly I, what I want to say at, at the end of this to make this answer even longer is one of the reason I, I don't have more obscure um, podcasts to listen to is because I've tried and I just can't find ones I like which is why I'm really glad that you know you reached out to me um, because I think shows like this are so important because there are a billion podcasts out there and and I would go online and I would s- seek like oh here's a particular subject I'm interested in what who, what do people think is the best podcast for this? And they'd say, give me a few suggestions. I'd listen to them and I wouldn't get into any of them. And so programs like yours that help us find these gems kind of, you know, undiscovered gems, I think is just really important because I know there's got to be great stuff out there. There are so
0: many, Oh yeah. you know, and you know, there are,
1: and how do people find it? And for a long time, I thought mine was great. And I (laughs) was like, how do I, but how do I cut through the clutter of a, a billion podcasts and a billion people saying mine is great. Like, is mine really great? I don't know. So I think listening to shows like yours is really important because there's an incredible wealth of material out there, but you need people to help you filter out the stuff that's worth your time.
0: Totally, man. Totally. There's so many good pods out there like yours. And, mm-hmm. and Rob, I have one last question, one last question for you before we get out of here, which is, Rob, why do you podcast?
1: I podcast because stories are the way that we connect with each other and they, they build bridges between people and it's, it's an incredible joy for me to be the one who gets to bring awesome stories to, someone, to other people. I feel like this is just an incredible privilege. And, uh, so I podcast because I, I want people to feel more connected with each other and make, make people feel like, yeah, that, that we're kind of in this together and we are one species, you know, at a time where everyone's calling for unity. I think one of the things that unifies us is stories. That's what connects us.
0: 100% my brother. And also too, I got one last question I'm going to throw into the into the mix when I edit, is there's a live element to your show. Right. Uh, like, Tell me, how did like the live, the live element of your show like come about and, and happen? And It's absolutely phenomenal how you put it together.
1: The live element was the first thing we started with because I knew that there were a billion podcasts and that my biggest struggle was going to be breaking free from the clutter. So right off the bat, I knew I need to build my local base as sort of a launching pad, that if I could get people here to see what we were doing and hopefully like it and appreciate it, that they would help to amplify our story to a larger audience. So it started off with a live event in April of 2014, and then we air, started airing radio episodes on the public radio station here that following um, September. And then we had another. Then we just kept doing live events two a year, and and as well as uh, the radio show um, would have the companion podcast. So the live event was a was a step toward reaching our a larger podcast audience. What happened was the live events were so fun, and you get such awesome feedback that we started. Uh, we've been really much more kind of focused on the live events. They're super exciting and and very energizing. Whereas the podcast you go put it out and I've as I've heard you talk about with other podcasters and hear nothing back. So you're yeah. feeling you're just kind of throwing things, throwing bottles into the ocean. And and it, it made me realize, like it, it did with the people you were talking about, how important it is to let people know if you enjoy something they do because you don't necessarily assume that they They hear that. In fact, I had a, came up with a rule. I wouldn't check my email the day after one of our live events because inevitably I would get like one or two messages telling me what a moron I was. (laughs) You know, we'd have like our biggest one. We've had like 900 people come to these things, which is pretty amazing for us in this little community. And, um, and I'd be like, wow, my life is going to change now. <laughs> I'm somebody now. And then you check your email and they're like, I can't believe you made that terrible joke. Like, what did you mean by that? And I'm like, you weren't even at the event. <laughs> You're like mad or on behalf of someone else. or So yeah, I,
0: I, call, I call that engagement.
1: Yeah. Well, I could with, use a little less whether, engagement. Whether,
0: whether you love me or you hate me, you <laughs> engage me with me. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So that's the live event element of it. And, um, and, and so that's, that's how, how we've done to what we've done to try and build an audience. And I should say, and I, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell anything here because it's not for sale yet, but I actually wrote a book on how to start a podcast while I was on uh, sabbatical. I'm trying to get a publisher for it. And it's been a slow process with our, our university has a publishing department So it's not in print yet, but if any listeners are interested in starting a podcast modeled after kind of how I've done it with live events and radio program, I'd be happy to share with them the manuscript if that would be of any use. And, uh, I mean, whoops. Um, And then, if you know, it it, it would be awesome. I'm not sure if this is going to come into the intro or not, but the New York Times thing is sort of what, has made it feel like we've finally gotten there um being highlighted in the uh new york times at the beginning of 2021 so now i feel like you can be recognized if if you just kind of stick to it you know we're Mm -hmm. in fairbanks alaska i don't think anyone gives a care about what happens up here i think most of america forgets we exist nine out of ten days you know (laughs) yeah and so um and the New York Times never called me to interview me. I had no idea that we were on their radar, but I, I, I felt like we had a, a good subject and if we just stuck to it long enough, eventually something would work out. So I don't know if that's helpful to people, but if you if you believe in your, so it took us what, um, six years before we got that kind of um, recognition. That spotlight. Yeah. So I would say you can break out of the clutter. Uh, If I can do it all the way from Fairbanks, Alaska, you know, anybody can do
0: it. Rob Prince, man, it's such a pleasure having you on the show. You know, you're a phenomenal host, a phenomenal guy. You know, I'm going to have to come up to Alaska, pay you a visit. When you want to get some of that warm weather, come holler at me in SoCal, baby. I'm right on Venice Beach. (laughs)
1: I'm going to be down there as soon as I get my shots. (laughs) Holla at me. All right. Rob
0: Prince, thank you so much, man. God bless you, my brother.
1: Thank you, Corey. Appreciate your time.
0: Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP. And to our special guest, Robert Prince. Be sure to check out his amazing podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed by Justin Richards. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. Are you down with OPP? If so, check out OPP.news for the latest in podcast news and releases and while you're still listening. How about giving us a five-star rating in the Apple app? It'll really mean a lot. Well, I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. God bless everybody. Till next time.